What's going on, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Baum. And I hope everybody's doing well out there. I hope you're staying safe. I hope you and your loved ones are all healthy. And hopefully your weekend's off to a good start. I appreciate you joining me for the podcast. So that's that's a good start, uh, at least at least for me. But in all seriousness, man, I appreciate the love and support for the show. Thank you so much. Last week's episode was fun. This week's episode was also a lot of fun. Somebody very, very close to me, my brother, Brandon Bauman, making a return appearance to the podcast. With everything going on, uh, obviously with coronavirus and, and, and other unfortunate things that have happened in, in our country, here in the United States at least, over the past few months, I thought it would be fun to just... You know, do a couple of episodes that that weren't, uh, you know, not that everything on here is like super, super serious. I am super, super serial. Uh, congrats if you know that reference. But uh, but I thought it would be fun, you know, last week getting Mick on to talk about metal. Just being, that being one of the things that he and I bonded over, as you guys heard in that episode. And if you didn't check it out, um, he's a huge metalhead, encyclopedic really with his knowledge of, of metal and all the shows that he's been to over the years. And he came from a completely different era of metal because he actually graduated high school in 82 and I wasn't even born until 88. So it was just cool to talk to him about metal and music. And uh, this week I wanted to have my brother Brandon on again because, you know, he and I have, uh, we, we've gotten a lot closer over the last almost decade of our lives. And, uh, you know, to give you a little perspective, I'm 32, he's 38. Uh, we have the same dad, different moms, and so, you know, growing up, I, I we get to see him and spend time with them, uh, as well as my my brother Greg and, and my sister Kaylin, but uh, but we didn't really get closer until we were, were we were older and we we were working at the same place for a couple of years, uh, different departments, but 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 same same place, and we would run into each other and and it, we would just you know shoot the breeze, you know what I mean, and it was just kind of like. You just have those moments where you're like, oh yeah, you know, that's right. We were into metal, and he got me into metal, and you know, um, he would come over and we'd play video games and da 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 da. So just you know, reminiscing and stuff, and and then um, you know, we kind of had a heart to heart at uh, at my brother's wedding, and 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 really since then, I feel like we our relationship has been really good. So all that being said, that's probably the most serious this episode's gonna get, but. You know, with coronavirus and everything that's gone on, uh, you know, with that and other unfortunate things that have happened uh, in, in the United States, I thought it would be fun to have a couple of episodes that were on the lighter side, you know, and, and just kind of be more more just interests and, you know, things that we enjoy and, you know, people out there, if you're into metal or if you're not, you know, maybe it's some stuff that you'll want to check out after listening to the Mech episode and you know, hopefully with this one with uh, with Brandon, you know, it'll be it'll just be kind of a maybe a fun trip down memory lane for you uh, for you 90s kids out there like us, you know, born in the 80s and grew up in the 90s and um, and uh, just have a chance to sit back and, you know, listen to a conversation between two bros, man. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with my brother, Brandon Bauman. Here it is. So you were born. You were born in uh, well, it's twenty twenty. So eighty two. What what was the first gaming system? Do you remember messing around with? You can you what what's the earliest memory you can pull out of your bag as far as as far as video games? Like, did you ever touch 
watch Atari or any of that when you were a kid in the in the 80s? Like, or was that a little bit before you you were really coming up with it? My grandma, our 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 dad's first mother in law, <laughs> um, <laughs> had, had, had had television. Now I don't third know time's I... charm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> our dad's first mother-in-law <laughs> was my grandma. <laughs> uh, but she had an she had a television, <laughs> and uh, um, I don't know. I I can't I can't tell which came first, playing playing that because it was something she had later when we all had Nintendos or when I had a Nintendo because it was the only thing to do over there. I thought after you after you start gaming when you go over to somebody's house, you're like, you got games or what? You know what I mean? Like, you don't know yeah. what else there is to do. It's like, you know, it's kind of silly. I guess that's the, like, what what has changed. You see it worse now than ever, in my opinion. But whatever, that's that's another story. I think I think it might have been the Intellivision, just playing these old these old games, like the game Snake, where you leave this really long trail and you both are playing at the same time. Maybe that was Tron. And you, you don't want to run into the other guy's trail, but the whole time you're going, you're leaving the trail, and you just keep going until you run out of space, and whoever runs into something else first. Like, th- those types of games were, like, the first games I kind of remember playing. Like, like these really old games. I don't remember them very well, but obviously in the year the Nintendo game came out, like, that was the system that everybody wanted, and I don't even remember how I knew I wanted it. I don't, I don't remember anything preceding it. I just remember getting it for Christmas or whatever that year. Uh, so obviously Nintendo, which is, I mean, a lot of people my age, essentially. Yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of wish that, uh, um, and I think it's cool now, like you said, with modern technology, there's, you can go back and play a lot of these old games. And actually I was at a, a friend's place a few years ago and he had, had like that retro game system where it had multiple like whether you had Sega or Nintendo or Super, you could put like old cartridges in it and play the games and stuff. But uh, but yeah, we were. I felt like we were always a system behind, you know. So like we had Nintendo, and then we got like Super Nintendo a couple years before PlayStation came out, and then we got PlayStation like a few years before Xbox came out. And then I remember Greg and I, our other brother, we went we went halvesies on uh, it together on Xbox when it came out. And that like blew our minds. Like the graphics, once PlayStation Three and Xbox came out, and that's what's so crazy about now is like the and I, and I haven't played video games in a little bit. My the the last one that I had was that Xbox, and um, I didn't take it with me when I came to Nashville. But uh, but the graphics now, I feel like if you, you were to show like a video game trailer now to people in like 1990, they would think it's a movie. Like that's how how good the graphics have become. It's crazy. One hundred percent. My brother-in-law. Uh, like I went over to his house one day and this was like during when you couldn't really do anything, but he was still, he would still come over and help do stuff around the house. Cause he's, he's just like a jack of all trades. And, uh, I just didn't care. And neither did Jen cause getting fixed, getting stuff fixed was just cool. was just more important. <laughs> but, um, so I went over to pick him up one time and he was watching what, what I thought, which I thought was a race. It was like, looked like a real race. I don't know. I think it was NASCAR or something. I don't know. I'm not a big race guy regardless but, but to me he's like telling me like what was he what i was actually watching and i didn't even know and i'm up and i'm a it guy like i'm a yeah. gamer i thought I was watching a real race it was not it was it was them racing from their homes on video games like the actual <laughs> races in these like simulations that they have that they had set up and i'm like are you kidding me like i had i couldn't even tell the difference and i'm me 
<laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm one of the guys you know. It's like, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Like, so 100%, if you took Jurassic Park, even that was like, what, you know, that was how long ago you took that back to like the six. Yeah, you took that back to like the 60s. They'd be like, where'd you get this footage? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> With the world's ending. So we mentioned the Zelda shirt. What were the what were the first games you really fell in love with? Was it was it Super Mario for you? Like a lot of kids in the in the late eighties or early nineties was was that the Super oh, Mario had, Zelda? Well, it had to be because it came with it. So definitely, definitely yes. Uh, and it's funny to think about some of these old games, like how simple they were, but how much time you would spend with them. Like if you think about how much really there is to do in that first Mario game, and to spend that many hours in it, who knows how many hours it was? Because you know, a 38-year-old's concept of time is different from however old I was then. I mean, I just know that I played it like every day. So that's just yeah. amazing that I spent enough that much time on like Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but uh, What was but, the yeah. game that took you the longest to beat when you were uh, a kid? Like, did you play Zelda and all those all the way through? Oh, yeah, I played most of those. T- I'm, like Zelda games and stuff like that, yeah, for sure. There was a game called Blaster Master that I never beat. It was like games back then, you couldn't even save them. And that, by the way, Blaster Master even had passwords. You know, people, if they're listening, might be like, what the hell's Blaster Master? Well, go check it out. Try to beat it, and you'll figure out real quick what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> tough game. It's a tough game. Although you can find uh, you can find speed runs on it, which is insane because I couldn't even get past the first stage without dying like twice, and now people would just speed run all the way through without dying once. <clears throat> but yeah, Blaster Master. My, my but the first time I really got into like like really fell in love with the game was Metroid, and still to this day, like the Metroid games are are probably like some ones I think about the most, especially the one for Super Nintendo Super Metroid. It's probably one of my favorite games ever. Just the exploration and leveling up as you go and. And the game was real balanced. Like as you level up, you're getting you're you're getting better, but at the same time, things are getting gradually harder. But not enough not enough to not make you happy with the weapons you're getting along the way to make it fun. And I don't know if that makes sense, but <clears throat> like they did it in such a balanced way. Like I don't know those uh those guys making the games back then. Those you know those those guys that, that created Nintendo, the Shigeru Miyamoto's, and you know the I can't remember all their names, but I, I used to know them all back then because, like, they were like they were almost like idols to me, like rock stars of gaming. <clears throat> but yeah. yeah, they were like they were just they were just great. Even even the even the midis, like the midis, which are the sound files that I was still listen to this day sometimes for nostalgia regions. I listen to like an old midi from like games back then. You know, now the games are like fully orchestrated and like beautifully written. And for me, I'm like, eh, I'd rather listen to old midi. <laughs> yeah, like what what were they called them? Like the eight bits or whatever. Yeah, it's just those little, just those little sound bites, and they would just loop and loop and loop. You know what I mean? But they, uh, they had. It's almost like they had such little to work with that they worked on them really hard. You know what I mean? I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, they just. They also had like I just felt like they had like different hooks to them too, where like they made them. There was like parts that made them distinct. Like you know what I mean? You know the Zelda song really well. Like if they came out with Zelda today, it would be so fully orchestrated. Would you really have that that one sound? Dun, dun. Like it probably it would probably be like so broad with so many different instruments added to it that you wouldn't really pull apart one specific piece out of the out of all the music. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I always love it when bands that I listen to they'll they'll put out like little like the like Nintendo versions of their of their songs. You know what I mean? 
even my buddies in Tropic Bombs did that. And it just, it does, it's, I don't know what it is about music and stuff, you know, but it's like, it's like another sense. It just takes you back to, to that time, whatever, what, you know, whatever song it is, but even video game music, you're right. I, it's just something about it that when you're a kid, it just, uh, it sticks with you. One of the games that stuck with me when you brought over Super Nintendo and would bring over games was, um, and I don't know, maybe, <laughs> I don't remember it being like overtly violent, but, you know, as a seven-year-old, you're like, whoa. But I remember, um, you remember Ultraman? Ultraman, remember that yeah. Game? yeah. Ultraman, uh, Mega Man, but I think it was Ultraman, because I think there might have been a movie of Ultraman, too, wasn't there? I don't know if there was a movie, but I know that Netflix has recently released an actual anime on it because because it started off as a comic book or an anime or a manga or something. Which 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 you how would you know that as a kid? It's just they just ported it from Japan, who which it probably came from, over to us, and we're just like that looks cool. Yeah, yeah, I remember Ultraman. I remember one year. I think I was in second grade. You got me this video game. Uh, I think it was called Blackthorn. That one was pretty dark. <laughs> Blackthorn. Cool. I don't know if you remember that one. It was dark. It was like a dude with long black hair and like a like a tank top, Shot- and he was in like this shotgun. creepy underworld, and he had like a big shotgun. <laughs> I think that game would probably still hold up. I actually kind of want to go back and play it. <laughs> yeah, that was that one was a trippy one because I and then it, and as I got older, I would play a lot of the. The sports games, naturally, because I was into sports, especially by the time we got PlayStation and Xbox, I was always playing like NBA Live, Madden, and you and Greg were always into, because Greg was never really into sports, and I remember, especially when we got Xbox and the graphics were really good, like Halo, obviously, which I got into, I only ever beat that on easy, because I'm just not good at like first-person shooter, and then like Nintendo 64 was the first one that I remember with um, 007, I think everybody remembers that one um because we used to play doom on my neighbor's computer and that one was pretty heavy but i remember nintendo 64 when that came out in like what like 96 or 97 somewhere in there 007 was there was a decent jump in graphics in that between super nintendo and nintendo 64 and i remember 007 pretty well but but yeah you and greg i felt like we're always (laughs) more into the um to either the fighting games or like the games that had like a story like i remember greg playing max Payne which they ended up making a movie about that, but that was a super dark video game. Like, that was super very, dark. Very dark. I mean, the main character was like, he was literally taking painkillers to make himself feel better. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Not, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't like he took painkillers to give him, like, the ability to deal with the pain. He was taking painkillers because if he didn't take them every once in a while, he would, like, go into withdrawal. It was a different, different level. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so what do you think yeah, about that? The, like, the, I think that I. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just. I was just funny to think about that now. Like he wasn't taking the painkillers because it would help him like deal with what he's going through, like the pain of getting shot. He was taking them because he was addicted to them. <laughs> and your bar, your bar would, you're like your bar would go down if you didn't get them every once in a while. I remember I remember watching Greg play that a couple times and it's like he would have that dream sequence where he would like remember like that where his family got murdered. And I would even at 14, I'm like, this is like heavy, man. I'm like, this this is really like really dark because I don't ever remember. I mean, you had games like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, which even even now, like I haven't played the new Mortal Kombat's, but I watch like the I watch the clips on YouTube where Conan does like Clueless Gamer. 
Conan O'Brien, like the, I don't know if you've seen the one with like Rob Gronkowski and Marshawn Lynch. It's classic. It's so great when they play Mortal Kombat. It is so much more violent and graphic now. Yeah, they break bones and they'll, they'll even show like x ray vision of like the bones snapping. <laughs> it's <clears throat> so I, crazy. I, I, yeah, I have a cousin. It's so I crazy. I'm like nervous laughing about it because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so graphic now. <laughs> Yeah, I don't play I don't play much of those type of games anymore anyway, even when I do game. Um, but I have a cousin, my cousin Cassie, um, who he's 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 rose up the ranks pretty pretty high in a couple couple different games and he's always been into fighting games and then he plays this he plays the newest soul caliber, the latest soul caliber, and he does pretty well. But he's always trying to get me to play fighting games and I'll play him for like a little bit. I'm like, that's just it's not it's not the same to me, you know what I mean? I the games yeah. I was playing I was playing them Street Fighter 2 and Street Fighter 2 Turbo were, uh, were like the, the epitome of the height of fighting games for me. And now I mean, they add, once you layer them so much, it's not the same, like just jump into a game and start doing some fun stuff. You know, I, you learn you learn a couple moves back then. Now there's so much to know and combos and people are so good and you're playing online. So there's people that are, you're, you're constantly leveling up, but you're leveling up with people that are just as good as you. So you constantly have to evolve you know, so now people know exactly what you're going to do just by seeing you flinch or all these. It's just it's so ridiculous. I couldn't even keep up with it anymore. Um, uh, I find myself not wanting to put that much time into video games anymore. Maybe it's just because of real life. But I like I like a lot of these throwback indie games where they're like almost like old side scrollers. They're just like with just better graphics. Yeah. What's what video game system is the most nostalgic for you? Like if you if you could have one like sent from back in time into the future right now like the original console the actual video games and stuff like which 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 console would you want which games would you want to play well it's funny you say that i actually have that because i use an i use a an emulator on my laptop like you were talking earlier about like people that have there's all these retro systems like there's the retro nintendo and then there's the retro i think super nintendo and there's it's like a handful of games that they can probably get approved because of licensing and stuff but i found this i have this program the the the, the Emulator is called RetroArch. It's not illegal to have the emulator. It's the ROMs, the little files that those are the ones that are illegal because you're not supposed to have those. But anyway, uh, of course, why wouldn't you? Otherwise, why do you even have the thing? But it has. I have like every system there is. And so, if, so if the question would were if you were on a deserted island, what system would you want to have? I would say Super Nintendo. Super <laughs> Nintendo. Yeah, just because I think of the timing. You know what I mean? Of like. I mean, it's probably a lot of this nostalgia. You know, it's hard to it's hard to say for sure what your mind's really telling you. Um, I guess if you were smart, you'd probably you'd probably say like one of the most recent systems because they would probably have the most longevity of games. But I think I could play Super Nintendo forever. There's there's so much there's so many there's so many games, and I, the replay the replayability on some of those games is awesome. I probably played Super Metroid through like front to back probably six seven times. Which doesn't seem like a lot, but it kind of is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo, I loved a lot. Like there was, uh, I remember there was a racing game. Greg and I were just talking about it today. There was a, a racing game we used to play on there where they were look. They looked like little, like little people, like cartoon characters. There, there was F Zero, which was 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 really fun. I don't know if you remember F Zero was cool. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah F Zero, that was fun. <clears throat> I got to F Zero, Star Fox. I gotta know this racing game you're talking about, the little people. It's called um, 
Oh gosh, let me let me. I I I literally googled it earlier today. It was called like Racer FX or something. Um, if I look up racing games, Super Nintendo, um, and I remember we discovered a new level on it, like like a couple weeks before we ended up getting PlayStation for 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 Christmas. Um, see F Zero. It was called Stunt Race FX. That's what it was called. Oh, that was one of the games that had the FX microchip. It, it came out after Star Fox. Yeah, couldn't it? You could be like you could be like different kinds of vehicles and crap. Yes. Yep. There was the yeah. There was a level where and it was de- designed by uh, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto. Um, yeah, was the designer Funny. on it. But yeah, it was. I loved it. I loved that game. That was like one of my favorite games to play. F Zero was sweet too. I loved F Zero. But yeah, that that racing game was like seriously my favorite, one of my favorite <laughs> Super Nintendo games of all time. I love playing that game. Yeah, see, this is funny that just 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 would not have even thought of that game. I would have even remembered it. Now now I'm gonna now I'm gonna go find the uh, the emulate the emulator and or find the ROM for the emulator and want to play it tonight. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's it's nostalgic, man. It's nostalgic, and uh, yeah, because I I remember you had Super Nintendo. And then I remember, that's when I remember, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, PlayStation was huge. I think PS3 came out in, like, 2000, maybe, Um, because I think I was in seventh grade, and and one of my buddies had it. And then Xbox came out in 2001, and and we got it that summer. We, Greg and I, went halvesies on it. And that was when it still had the big controllers too. Before they like shrunk them down, you know what I mean? Like those first Xbox mm-hmm. controllers were big. But I thought that I thought that system was so cool when it came out. There's a term for those controllers now, where you can actually find them online for the newer version of the Xbox. Because some people really liked them or got used to them. So now even those have nostalgic value to them, even though when they shrunk them down, like now the version of the Xbox controller that's out now is considered like you know it's like the standard for video gaming. Like people consider the Xbox controller to be most comfortable. This isn't like a, a you know a Xbox versus anything type of thing, but uh, it's just so funny that people want those big old giant controllers from back then. You know, you know, people back then hated them, and now people want them again. It's funny. It's just funny how things come circle like that. Yeah, and I think there's a big, I, I obviously, I, and I don't know if it's just part of getting older, because part of me wonders now that we're this age in our 30s and stuff, like. I, I kind of wonder if it was like, like if dad thought that way when he was our age, like in his, you know, mid thirties, late thirties, like if there was stuff from his era that, that he missed. I mean, I think you kind of, I, I remember listening to a Dane Cook special and he said, you know, whatever era you grew up in, you always think that that's like the coolest era, like whatever you grew up with. But even me being like a, a sneakerhead, like this sounds crazy, but I still remember the first pair of Jordans that I got when I was in third grade in the leather on those, like, I still remember how those shoes smelled. Like you could blindfold me right now and put like five boxes in front of me and have me, and I would be like, that's how those shoes smelled. And it's just like, I really just feel like there's certain things today on one end technology has come so far. And I feel like we've made leaps and bounds even just within the last 20 years since the turn of the century into the new millennium. But like, there are certain things that they don't make like they, they used to. Yeah. For sure. Well, the other thing that's like, different about video games is like a new system comes out like every three, four years, four years or so. I guess that's probably about average. You know what I mean? So like, but if you have a laptop, you're constantly upgrading that thing. Like every every six months, there's like a new processor, you know, 
bigger hard drive, just slightly, slightly, slightly incremental. But with a video game system, you know what I mean? From Nintendo to Super Nintendo, huge difference. You know what I mean? So, so skip a generation. Yeah. And I, so skip a generation, and now you're talking about you know what I mean? That's like that's like going from like the original Xbox to the the new one that's about to come out. You know what I mean? It's gonna look like it's gonna look like real life. It's it's nuts. Yeah, I even the sports games now, like uh, the some of the some of the newer like. Uh, you know, NBA 2K and stuff, just as a basketball fan, just the facial expressions and the sweat and stuff, like going back to, you know, when I was playing those games in junior high for like, you know, EA Sports on PlayStation and stuff. It's it's crazy how far, like I remember thinking it was cool in, in basketball games when all the stadiums, like the arenas looked like the actual NBA team arenas. And now that's like nobody even cares about that. Like you just look at like the way the guys look and their tattoos and the way they yeah. play. It's just insane. Think if you're it's like, it's think if you're, you're, you know, there's probably like a team of people that are back there, like designing like how it's supposed to look, just like the like the actual arenas, or whatever. And nobody even gives a shit. <laughs> 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 like they just like work super, work like super hard on this. It's like they're getting paid to do this, and they're like it's like they're they're passionate about it because they work for this company and they do it all this time. You you play the game and you're like you're like and you just say something stupid about something in the foreground that doesn't matter and like they're just like well do you know how long this took? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you even notice? The- yeah but well the- now you got people like making money and you have leagues you have actual leagues and people you know and twitch and everything and it's just it's just so funny because especially from our era like it was always like you know no like i i don't say i wouldn't say that dad or 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 like my mom you know ever got on us for like playing video games for too much dad was definitely from that era though of like go outside and play and now it's like it's like dad what if i told you 25 years from now one of the wealthiest millennials made his Nugget by playing video games, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Ninja, like what? Did, isn't he made like a hundred million or something crazy like that? Yeah, on I Twitch. Mean, yeah, but I, I, I don't want to be like one of those guys. But like, I do kind of see it a little bit. Like, like there has to be some kind of balance. I think. I see. I think. I feel like I see. I feel like I see that it that it's maybe hurt more kids than this helped you know what i mean for every ninja there's like 20 yeah. kids that have there's like 20 kids that don't have any purpose and their parents just raise them on video games because it's easier and you know what i mean like they have no they have no chores they don't go outside and they just they, they kill themselves because they have no purpose in life even at, even at age 10 12 14 whatever they just have zero purpose you know, you know what i mean like or how many you know how many kids like i'll see like like just like when mom and dad doesn't want to doesn't want to deal with them or they're whining or crying just to shove their phone in their face here take my phone play a game you know what i mean yeah like yeah like like those those the situation like that's where it's come too far you know where it used to be you wanted to do that or whatever and parents were trying to get you trying to peel you away from the games now the parents are like oh my gosh make them stop like all right all right come on let's go play a game son here, yeah sit down there's definitely sit you're down. right there's definitely a balance there's definitely a balance because i feel like we've become almost um and and you would have a good perspective on it as somebody who's who's always been into computers and it and stuff but we've almost become like symbiotic with our phones even you know what i mean it's like an appendage really like people freak out if they leave their house without their phone and it's like in 1995 like you would just get dropped off somewhere and be like yeah we're going to be back at 2 30 to pick you up nobody freaked yeah. out you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Now it's like people are people yeah, are late. 
people now are late like for work. People adults. leave the house without their phones and they're like, what am I going to do? Adults will be late for work. And they'll be like, they'll be like, you know, a couple miles away from home and they're like, oh crap, I gotta go back for my phone. Well, I guess I'm gonna have to take a charty today. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Can't go all day without my phone. What if somebody I wonder me? I wonder how many kids know what the uh the save button on the computer actually means, the floppy disk. You know what I mean? If they actually know that that's like a, a floppy disk, the save button, or to them it's just the save button. Like if you go, hey, what what is that? Why does it look like that? It's just the save button icon. You know what I mean? Little stuff like that. Yeah, well, you don't even you don't even need to know that on like uh, Microsoft Office. It auto saves for you like every three seconds. <laughs> you know that? Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. I remember working on a project in college. Overheated like three times. I had to. Re- <laughs> And I was an idiot like two of the three times I didn't save it. And it was like 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> oh, cool. And Google is always right. So 15 million for playing video games. But hey, hey, man. But no, you're right. I think there's I think there's a balance. I mean, you know, uh, the the house that I grew up in over on uh, second year in Toledo, which is, you know, inside baseball for anybody who's not from Toledo listening to this, but in West Toledo on the cul-de-sac, like, it really was awesome because we had like the chill spot in the basement, which is crazy. That's like one of the things I've even said on this podcast before that I miss living living in Tennessee is like, um, you know, down here, hardly anybody has basements and like where we're from. That's like the chill zone. You know what I mean? That's like where where you hung out. But but I would go out yeah. and shoot hoops and play basketball all the time, too. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Like, I, yeah, having a basement. That's a big deal. I remember even when I, even when my parents moved and like I kind of like I only lived there for a couple of years, but um, like my uh, my younger my younger half brother and half sister like they would have their friends over. They all hung out in the basement. We had a TV down there, punching bag down there. The computer was down there. Like that was just like the spot. Like all the everybody was like, let's go over the let's go over there. Like we can hang out in their their badass basement. It was like yeah. it was like their own it was like your own layer. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It took a staircase to get to it, which is which is different from just like being a bedroom away. You know what I mean? You know, if it, it took like a staircase to get to it, like it's like another level. You know what I mean? So it just feels like a whole other place. You know, a whole other realm. Yeah. Or if like like hey, you guys want to come over when you hang out in my room, you're like, yeah, your room's like only a half bedroom or a bathroom in between away from your parents' bedroom. And they can hear us. Yeah. But if you're in the base, if you're in the basement, that's different. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It was totally the hangout spot. And it's funny. And, and again, and I think that just morphs into like the quote unquote man cave when you're an adult or whatever. But well, it, it, it transition into uh, and I know we've covered music and stuff before, but, um, you know, growing up in the 90s, there was a lot going on between what, what became known as the grunge scene and post grunge and hard rock um, in what was that sort of confluence like between like video games and music? Like, was was there at one point where you where you were starting to get into one more than the other, or was it all just kind of kind of mashed together? No, if anything, if anything, I kind of miss. I just miss. I just miss the uh, the looseness of time. <clears throat> I remember when the uh, I remember when the uh, the load CD came out for by Metallica. Like I think back, I'm like, how did I know about music so much back then? How did I know all the tracks about every album? And now it's just like I just know I just listen to mixes or you know playlists. Well, right. back then I would just I would just put on Mario Kart. I didn't really have to listen to 
listen to it, and I would just have this like boombox on my dresser with the CD on loop. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'd be playing the same game all day, listening to the same music all day, and like I guess that's how you got to play the crap out of that game while listening to the crap out of that CD. <laughs> I know, and it's nuts me? how CDs are almost becoming obsolete. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of newer oh, cars, yeah, like Katrina. My my girlfriend just got a new vehicle; doesn't even have a CD player in it. Yeah, I was gonna say I would argue that they already are. Like, it's just like your laptop doesn't probably doesn't probably have a CD-ROM thing in it. Mine, mine doesn't. <clears throat> I mean, modern modern ones really don't. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Uh, I mean, it's it's like you can get everything online. Like, well, I actually argued, well, I made the argument that the new some of these new systems, like like the new Xbox, I'm like, get that thing out of there and have their have their two versions. But, you know, I mean, you could you know how much money you can save by not putting in a, a like a actual physical disk drive in there that needs a motor to run it and spin it and all this in a cooling system to keep it from overheating itself. Take that out of it, and then the person that's like, I don't need that. How much money could that save that person? Then they right. just me, like, I like having the disc. Well, all right, we'll pay more money for it. You can have it. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like it's nuts, man. Like I, I, I still remember. I still remember having a Walkman. Um, I remember tape players, and and it's funny now how how bands um, will you know will do a lot of vinyl or they'll do tapes, they'll do CDs still. And I think even even younger people are getting more back into that mode of of wanting to have something physical to remember, you know, you know, because we we obviously came up right when all of the music and stuff started going digital. And 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 I think you were probably into that a little bit more than me as far as MP3.com and Napster. And, and now it's like a lot of bands will put out still they'll put out special edition vinyl and they'll do all these these bundles that people can can pre-order before the the records even drop and it's just it's uh I, I think it's it's one of those things that the older you get you know i think you realize it's it's not about accumulating the most stuff it's just having stuff to you that's that's meaningful so that's that's why i kind of miss some of those things growing up because it's like man like i just feel like they were made well and and you have that memory to hold on to so anytime how it's like you, a band how would I'm you ever into, or or right, a band that I really like, I try to I try to go get the actual album, and and eventually, you know, when when I get a home one day, I would like to have a record player and and start to kind of basically backlog everything that I have a CD for on vinyl, just just because, like you said, CDs are pretty much already obsolete, and it's just cool to have the artwork, you know. Yeah, I uh, I would I would also like to have a vinyl player. It's so funny to me though that like that like tapes that tapes are becoming nostalgic. And I think that's just a thing of like of just like pure nostalgia because record players like there's something cool about records or you know vinyl, you know what I mean that that big casing and you know what I mean like so many so many like iconic artists came out during then, but like like tapes and even CDs to a certain extent, like I guess yeah you could have some of the artwork or whatever, but tapes man you got it you had to have a really nice tape player to even fast forward to the next track because it only, it would only recognize two seconds of silence or whatever. You know what I mean? Like tapes yeah. were not that good. I mean, CD, yeah. CD, like, at least CD, at least CD players like increase the, the quality by uh, like umpteenth percent, but tapes, tapes really didn't provide too much value. That's why they, they, people still say like, like Betamax was better than VCR 
or that you know eight track players couldn't eight, like correct me if I'm wrong. I really don't know much about eight track players because this even before me. But weren't, weren't they weren't they like not that bad? Yeah, I mean, I you know that before my time too, obviously. But yeah, I, I think that the sound quality was pretty decent. They were they were bigger than cassette. They were bigger than cassette tapes for sure. Like if you if you look up images of eight track players, but um, well, but yeah, yeah I think sure. the sound quality on, on them was was decent. I think it the I think it was the 80s, though, once the Walkman, like the tape Walkman became popular, I think that's when cassette tapes exploded. And then people would make mixtapes and, you know, turn on the radio and hit record. And then you'd make you make like your mixtape. But but yeah, CDs were way better because you didn't have to because uh, the tape. Remember, you'd have you put in the one side and then it would stop and then you'd have to turn it and flip it and put the other side. And then when you wanted to listen to it, you'd have to rewind it. You know what I mean? So. But um, yeah, but yeah, I think eight tracks wouldn't know where you were at. Quick, if, you, if you didn't have a real or like, and then real nice tape players didn't come up for a little while, if you, you wouldn't even know where you're at. Like, so if if you wanted to listen to track four, you might have to like just switch. Like, you just come in, ha- be happy you came in halfway into track three, and you'd be like, all right, I'll just finish this out so I can get to track four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know Otherwise, you're gonna what are what are some albums back from back in that day that if you put them on now you you could still listen to them front to back? Any any notables? I know asking like what are your favorite albums of all time? That's that's a question that's hard to to kind of answer. Like I think I could probably name seven records that going back to your island question. If I was stranded on an island and I could only listen to seven records for like the next like five years or something, I I could name those records, but. What are some albums from that era that to this day still resonate for you or still hold up? It's always hard because it changes. Sometimes it changes or I'll remember one or I'll, for, or, or I'll forget one, then I'll remember it. I'm like, oh, man, I should have said that, you know, when I was talking to Mike on his podcast. I mean, <laughs> <clears throat> some of them are so are so easy and uh, maybe and maybe so predictable. But, I mean, after so much time, I just don't care anymore. I'm like I'm like the guy. I'm like the guy that I thought was the, the douche that when I was in high school, like from the from the 80s, that he had the mullet still still trying to like rock the 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 not cool the not cool jean jacket, not the cool jean jacket, the not cool version of the jean jacket, where he was still <laughs> listening to still listening to like you know rat or whatever. But uh, but you know at a certain point you just don't care. You're like, what am I trying to impress? I'm trying to impress anybody younger than me anymore. Like I would take the black album. Because if you're talking about that era, I would take the Black album. Gosh, I would take uh, maybe Allison Chains' Dirt. Um, man, this is a tough. This is a tough call. I might even take a soundtrack. I might even take the Mortal Kombat soundtrack. Not, a lot of people may not understand that, but there's a couple bands that I still listen to this day from that that damn soundtrack. Like, had like, had like, I didn't know who Gravity Kills, Gravity Kills was, and I heard that soundtrack, and me, me and my best friends like started listening to Gravity Kills. I actually, went to a concert. And that all was based off that soundtrack. There's this, there's this band on there called Mother's Day Out. We thought they were really cool. They were like these young kids that had this band. They named it Mother's Day Out. M-U-T-H-U. Phosphorus. Mother's Day Out. <laughs> <laughs> but like we we listened to that. We found that CD at CD Warehouse. This, this like local used CD place. We found that CD at uh, Mother's Day Out. The whole album. And we both bought it. <clears throat> and uh we both and like i can't remember who got it first him or me no i did because he had a mini disc player if you're he, well he was on the wrong end of that technology 
but he bought a mini disc player <laughs> and put it on, put it on mini disc. Well, on the wrong end, I mean that it didn't take off. He actually, he actually made, might have been ahead of his time because they he was like, I don't know why anybody's using, using these. There's so many better than CDs, and they were, but just that they just didn't take off. And uh, gosh, there was like that that um, that techno song by Mortal Kombat. There was like two versions of that Mortal Kombat techno song. Both of it at the time, me and me and him and my cousin all thought were just so awesome. We were like do fake fighting moves in my backyard to it. <laughs> like, I don't know that. Like, <laughs> like there's just so many. Like there's like KMFDM was on that album. There was like a bunch of good stuff on that album. I know I'm rambling about the Mortal Kombat soundtrack, but I guarantee you, I guarantee it probably sold a lot. Um, gosh, I hate these questions because it makes me try to think, and, and then my mind just like doesn't focus in on the things that I would normally think about. <clears throat> Just trying to think about year to year in that aspect. No, it's always hard when you get put on the spot. You know, a record that I just listened to recently front to back, be, and I didn't I didn't listen to it at the time because I was six when it came out, but was um, super unknown from Soundgarden. You know, yeah. front to back, and, and even the title track of that, of that album, Super Unknown, I, I feel like vocally Chris Cornell... Obviously, people you know know how how talented he was, man. But like, I was trying to think like, I I don't know a single song that I can really name that where anybody vocally from front to back is like doing what he's doing on that on that song. Like that that record is incredible because of out of all the bands that came out of that Seattle Pacific Northwest scene, you know, obviously you know Man in the Box was on the radio a lot and Them Bones and. You know, and even even Dad, you know, we've talked about that too. He had the Alice Unchained unplugged, Pearl Jam. Obviously, I feel like out of all those bands in Nirvana, like Soundgarden was was just as big and respected. But in terms of radio play, they were they were so different that I think uh, you know outside of Black Hole Sun, I, I didn't really hear much Soundgarden. You know, growing up, and then I think their last record what was 97 before they took a break and then chris cornell did his solo thing and audio slave and then they came back in like 2012 so so basically growing up I, out of all those eras or all the bands out of that era and that scene they were the one that, that i just you know because when you're a kid that's what you're listening to you're listening to what your parents listen to you're listening to whatever you know you know top 40 station is on the bus on the way to school and then if you can get your hands on a cd you know, that's what you're listening to and like MTV. And, um, but yeah, super unknown. I went back and listened to that record like a, a month ago and it was just, it just blew me away. Yeah. I'd like, I'd like to say that I'd like to say that I listened to it a lot. I, for whatever reason, Soundgarden, I didn't, I didn't really listen to Soundcorn or really like them that much back then. Uh, it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't appreciate them, I guess, until like way later. Like, like, I mean, not even until like the, you know, the mid to late 2000s. Like, uh, like now, I like them a lot, and they're on like my you know playlists of mine and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not can't make myself sound cool and, and lie about it. I I didn't like Soundgarden back then, didn't appreciate them at all. Or you know, I mean, I I actually remember like that song "Follow Me." I don't even know what the song is called. "Follow Me." Like I remember hating that song. I didn't like his voice or anything. Now listening back, I'm like, gosh, his voice is really good. And just I just didn't appreciate it. it. Just didn't sound good to my ear back then. You mentioned Allison Chains Unplugged. Uh, yeah, that that's honestly one of my favorite albums, maybe ever. There's so many good songs on that, and in that way, in that emotional style, 
even watching them, I'll watch those. I'll revisit those YouTube's. Like I'll listen to YouTube music. I actually pay for uh, YouTube music at this point. Used to play. Used to be Google Play Music, but they switched it over. But one of those will come on, and they'll just play the video for it. So if it's hooked up to my speaker without my man cave, the video will just come on if there's a video for the song. And it just just watching his emotion, you know what I mean? The sunglasses on, probably he's probably fucking stoned, you know. But he's but he believes what he's saying, and you can just see it. Like you just hear the pain in his voice. Like I just, I really have always respected that. Um, oh, oh yeah, here's another one I thought of it was uh, Offspring Smash. Now that now that album was only forty five minutes long. <clears throat> but man, every song, every song on that is like, like zero to 120 start to finish. Like that album, that album rocks still to this day. There's not a single song on that album that you could turn on right now that I probably like wouldn't like jump up out of my chair and want to like rock out. Yeah. 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 Allison Chains too. I went back and listened to, um, facelift, which came out, I think in 1990, that, that was before dirt. And uh, you, you go back and listen to like, and I think I even texted you like a month or a month and a half ago. I was like, Brandon, I'm on a subject. Me and Jen have to. And like, you go back and listen to the riff from like, We Die. I, ironically, almost it was about this time last year that Trina and I, I, I drug her to uh, the the Corn uh, and Allison Chains co headlining show here in, in uh, Nashville when they came through. Cause, that's definitely not her wheelhouse, but she's like, well, I don't want you to go by yourself. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> corn opens with like here to stay. So for somebody who doesn't listen to corn, it is just like, dun, 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 dun. but seeing Jerry Cantrell and all those guys, man, it was like, that was definitely like a spiritual experience. Like it was kind of like when I saw BB King, it was like watching somebody who was born to do that. Like some, some of the most iconic riffs to me are Alice and Chains riffs of the last 30 years. Like his, and, and again, that's not to take away from the rest of the guys in the band, but I mean, it was just, it was yeah, awesome to get to see those guys live. Sometimes, sometimes you got to say those things, though, because they just deserve to be said. Yeah, and it's, and it's you know, looking back, even at the time, I remember liking Alice Chains at the time because I was, you know, I was in the heavier stuff, and Alice Chains was not just alternative, but they had, like, these heavy riffs, but they were also alternative. Like, they didn't fit, they didn't fit, fit the, like, the mold of, like, a, like a full-on heavy band. But they definitely had some heavy riffs, you know what I mean? And, and uh, you know, Lane's voice, like, gosh, it's like, I mean, I, I dare, I dare you to go up there and uh, have anybody just, like sing "Hail to the Flood" again perfectly in the karaoke night, and ask anybody in the bar that and tell them to give him a thousand dollars. I guarantee nobody can do it. You know what I mean? Like he just, he, there's just sometimes there's just voices that come out of come out of the woodwork that you never thought, like, yeah. I, I, yeah I mean, how do those bands even form sometimes it's like one in a million so winning the lottery picking those picking those numbers and equaling those guys you know what i mean yeah it's a perfect that perfect formation of a band like that it just doesn't happen very often i mean there's so many bands out there that make it to radio that just are terrible still happening to this day you know it's just happened it happens all over the radio these days you know it's not like back in the day where like you know way back in the day you'd get frank sinatra and stuff like that you know these days it's, they're just they're just trying to make money Was it um who 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 did the show talk soup for a while? Was that Joel McHale? Yeah. Joel McHale. I, I think I think I have that right. I'm gonna use my friend Google real quick. I don't know. I'm having a having a brain fart. Yeah, Joel McHale. So he played football. Him. Speaking of Allison Chains, he he played football at Washington and and um I can't remember what, what I 
I was what podcast or, or show I was watching it was like 48 now so yeah I mean 30 years ago that was totally his his generation he said he was like I remember seeing Allison Chains at some you know little club or something when they were coming up and people like weren't into it yet because they didn't like understand it and he was like I remember like Lane Staley yelling at the crowd being like this is good music and he's like and then cut to like two years later they were like one of the biggest bands on the planet <laughs> this is good music you idiots you don't understand well how do you tell somebody how do you look someone else in the eye and be like hey you need to listen to me i'm ahead of my time yeah i mean yeah. hey you should pay, you pay yeah you're not you gonna know pay. this but in 30 years from now they're still gonna be rotating my songs on the radio so how about you uh sit back and uh headbang a little bit for me chief yeah chief yeah like hey pal you don't understand <laughs> this yet but uh just so you know, what I'm writing is really good, and a lot of people are going to like it, and you're going to like it too. You're never going to, you won't even acknowledge that you heard me even say this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Sometimes I wish I would. I was a little bit older because I mean, I'm lucky that I that I got to see Pearl Jam. Uh, you know, obviously Metallica is still touring, and I saw them in 2009 on the Death Magnetic Cycle with uh, Machine Head and the Sword. Still one of the best shows that I've seen. So I'm fortunate that um, that I've gotten to see some bands from that era that I really enjoy, and um, you know, and, and and you know, I get I give a lot of credit to William Duvall, man, because those are those are big shoes to fill, and he's he's such a great musician in his own right. Um, so you know, getting a chance to see Alice in Chains last year was definitely a bucket list thing for me. Are there are there any bands or artists out there right now for you that are still on your bucket list to see? Uh, besides ones that haven't killed themselves with drugs, um, I, I don't know, man. One of the ones that got off my list uh, last year was the Killers. Um, sometimes yeah, be, you're a big be, Killers fan too. Yeah, I've, I've always liked the Killers. Um, I haven't been listening to them as much lately. But uh, you brought up something a second ago. I don't mean to change the subject on your own podcast, but you said you wish you would have been a little bit older so, so for this or that reason, whatever. But if you really think about it, like I'm a little bit older, and um, you always you might always think that. Like, oh, I wish I was old enough to see Led Zeppelin, you know, or whatever it might have been. Do you think it's more important to be – listening to your favorite bands at that time when because when you were talking about being a little bit older that maybe that would be me so but i was still not old enough to go see Alice in chains nirvana you know what i mean like you know when i was actually old enough to see some of these bands i when i talk about growing up with bands i'm thinking like 12 13 14 15 16 like those era and they were kind of like yeah. they kind of like came they're kind of like had came and gone in a pretty short fiery period of time by the time I was old enough to go see bands, it was like by then it was like Lincoln Park and bit uh you know Limp Biscuit and you know what I mean by the time I got old enough. So what would you rather have? Would you rather have you, those bands be available to you, like being like happening and you be able to witness the happening of them like when you're a little younger or or be able to see them after the fact? I mean, you know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah, no, I, that's a that's a good question. Um, 
That's a really good question because because kind of in the same breath of what you're saying, um, I was your age when when you were 12 and 13 and the quote unquote what they came to call the grunge scene was breaking in in the early mid 90s. I was a pup. I was like five in 1993. You know what I mean? Yeah, 10 is one of my a- favorite records of all time. And that came out in like 91. I was three years old. Right. So I was your age in terms of 12, 13, 14, 15 when Corn was like the biggest band on the planet. And at that time for me, and I still remember even even uh, Creed, I remember after our dad and, and my mom got divorced when I was 11 years old, I still, this is still one of those memories that I vividly remember. I remember leaving our house, um, backing out of the driveway, and I think she put on 106.5 The Buzz. Um, if you remember mm-hmm. that station, that was kind of like oh, our yeah. house. You know what I mean? You had like 1047, which was like more classic rock, and like the buzz was more of, of our Z-Man. You know, alternative and everything, you know? And uh, and I remember my own prison from Creed coming on, and that just like struck a chord with me with like everything that was happening in my life at that time and being 11 years old and hearing Mark Germani's guitar playing and the lyrics and everything. So, So to answer your question directly... I think I'm very appreciative that I was able to come up in that era in like the late 90s being a teenager, early 2000s, because um, like for me, that was so cool. You know, Kalen and I and Greg would watch it sometimes, but we would get home from school and we watched TRL like every day. And I remember when Corn was on there, they had to like retire the Freak on the Leash video because like it, it, it was like number one and it was just and so for me, that was cool because that was like the boy band era. So it was like so cool to be like, oh, Mel, you know what I mean? Like it's killing it. So I think yep. that I'm fortunate that that uh, those bands haven't aged out in my lifetime. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I guess I would say, you know, now that I think about it, I'm I'm glad that I had them in my formative years, because especially post divorce. I think I buried a lot of stuff and heavy music was a positive outlet for all of those emotions and, you know, even anxieties and things that I dealt with even outside of the divorce and panic attacks and stuff like music like corn to our parents was like, oh, my gosh, what is he listening to? But I, I could listen to those records. And, and, and actually, in particular, when I was 14, that was when Untouchables came out. Um, and I think to this day, it's, you know, it's a respected corn album, but it's it's probably you know, it's probably not as well known or or as I guess you could say appreciated in their work as as maybe follow the leader and obviously the debut in 94 because it was just so out of left field. But that Untouchables album got me through a lot, you know, my, you know, freshman year of high school listening to that. So so, yeah, now that I think about it, maybe it's cooler to have them coming up in your formative years because you know, it helps you get through those times, you know, um, especially corn because it's just heavy. There was a lot of angst and, you know, you're talking about Lane Staley. I mean, I've seen corn twice last year was the first time I got to see them with Brian head Welch back in the band, even though he's been back in the band for seven years. And the synergy between those guys is unbelievable. And the kind of vulnerability and heart and soul that Jonathan Davis puts in his, his music. I don't know live that anybody really, um, there's few that can, can do what he does. You know, I'll say that, you know, it, it, nobody else, that band, you know, is what those guys do together. Nobody else can do it. So I guess, you know, my long winded answer to your question is maybe it's good to have them during your formative years, kind of before you're old enough to see them live, you know, cause 
you're, you spend a lot of time with those records, like you said, just playing them while you're listening to video games and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> I always felt like those, I felt like those bands like Alice in Chains, like I didn't feel like, like I felt like I enjoyed them, like Nirvana or whatever, but I always felt like, like, it's like a weird way to feel about things. I don't know if it makes sense about it. I felt like they belonged to the older people that were able to go see them live. And stuff, you know what I mean? So, of course, I was never able to go see them live because in 1994, I was like not even 10. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or no, no, yeah. I was, what, I was, 1994, I was, yeah, I was 11, 12. <clears throat> you know what I mean? So I never even got the opportunity. I just remember just remember seeing one time this guy was on Saturday Night Live when my parents went to bed. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was yeah, Kurt yeah. Cobain. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, what the heck is this? This is cool. And that was just, you know what I mean? You know, you know, prior to a lot of that, I was listening to like MC Hammer and Michael Jackson. You know, I was just listening to stuff that you listened to when you were like yeah. a kid, a real kid. And then you start to kind of come into your own and things that you relate to more. I mean, I don't know what how you relate to uh, the lyrics of uh, Smell Like Teen Spirit, but <laughs> like... But it's just just the uh, just the emotion, maybe you know what I mean. Then things start to change. You know what I mean? Just like the song "The Unforgiven." So, so... Like, you know what I mean? Like the song "The Unforgiven." Oh yeah, like, yeah. <clears throat> just like seeing that video. The video to me was very creepy because it came out in '91. Well, that's in the black on the ground. Was '91, right? And uh, just seeing like that, or seeing like Enter Sandman. You know what I mean? Or like even like uh, Guns and Roses. You could be mine. The, you know the 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 song that. They did for the Terminator 2 soundtrack, like like those kinds of songs were like I was just for whatever reason just even at that time he's like man these songs are like these are more like I think what I like you don't know why or how it became that way I gravitated to that instead of like you know Boys to Men or Tony 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 or whatever the hell came out around those times <laughs> but but like yeah. you just you gravitate you gravitate one way or the other and there's a reason for it there's you know what I mean. So whatever you, you relate to or whatever you're feeling, maybe a lyric speaks to you. You know, I mean, it doesn't even have to be a lyric. It could just be a guitar riff or the or the sound of someone's voice. You may not even understand what the lyrics are about. Sometimes you just think, I like the way that sounds. I just think that that more speaks to me. So, you know what I mean? But, it, but it's just kind of funny. It's just kind of funny that that I, that I would think that way. You know what I mean? Then when I was old enough to see see bands in concert, those weren't the bands I was seeing, though. You know what I mean? Because, like, some of them broke up or like, you know, Kirk yeah. Cobain's dead. You know, Kirk Cobain's he's 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 dead and gone and it just wasn't just wasn't the same. Or, you know, a lot of, some of them weren't even touring. They were like a lot of them were like strung out in drugs and all kinds of stuff, which which explains a lot of the pain that they were singing about. You know, it's like uh remember there's a quote by James Hetfield one time when he was writing when he was writing for Load when uh he said, I don't really have to he goes, I would go and visit some some messed up places or he goes, I would try to relive some some old things and think about it. And he's like, all right, well, I don't really have to like think about that stuff anymore. And I remember at the time being bummed. I'm like, man, that means you're not going to sing like about the stuff I probably want to hear you sing about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but at the same time, it's like some of some 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 bands make it through those years and some don't, especially if they're really messed up. Like Trent Reznor said something similar one time too. I don't remember the quote at all, but I just remember saying that like that some of the music that you write, to, you know, you have to visit some dark places. You know, so some of the some of the best music I actually think comes from dark places. But unfortunately, on the other end of the stick, that, that that's a lot of times what drives people to like commit suicide or you know become a junkie and shoot up once too many times or 
or never recover and get strung out or just become a, a, a former version of yourself that's nobody wants to see anymore anyway yeah it's just it's kind of a it's kind of a weird conundrum yeah it is it is uh you know and you think uh, you think about a song like daddy from corn you know you talk about visiting dark places and i i think for a while they didn't play that live right um I, have they started um, playing corn didn't play that live but uh what's that did they ever did they ever play it live yeah they did a couple years ago when they had the um it's like the 20 the 20 year I think anniversary of that album came come out around 2014, 2015. And I think uh, they were playing, I don't know if they're, they're playing that album in, in its entirety. I think they did on some shows and, and Jonathan sang that live. But um, cause I, I always wondered that was what that was like for head going back into corn too. You know what I mean? Um, after, you know, being there for his daughter and kind of having a, a spiritual awakening, you know, you know, maybe kind of like what you're talking about um, when you go on stage and you can play it, you can be in a better headspace and maybe it's just more about the music and not so much about the emotives of it. But, uh, but I think for the singers, it's different because if they're the ones penning the lyrics, you know, and, and you know, if you go back and listen to even Alice in Chains and, and you mentioned dirt, I, you know, he's talking about a lot of that stuff that he was going through on that record. I mean, you can hear it, you know what I mean? And the lyrics and just it, the emotion. And uh, so, yeah, I, it's, in a way, I think it is kind of sad because there's a lot of like positivity which comes out of being vulnerable. But for those guys, it's almost like Groundhog Day when they're on tour because they're doing they're doing it like, you know, every other day and playing those songs and having to visit those places. You know, I don't know how you could compartmentalize the two, you know, and just make it about the music and separate it from the emotion. I would think that singing it every day we would lose it was such a lose meaning than like John Davis singing Daddy for the first time after 20 years. I feel like that would be harder than singing it, you know, how many thousands of times he would have sung it otherwise between then and now, between then and then. Yeah. 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 It's, hey, it's, it's nuts. Hey. Well, Hey man, before I let you go, uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you just, uh, you know, these, these past couple months with quarantine and stuff, I think, uh, there, you know, Compared to when we were growing up and having VHS tapes and whatnot, uh, there's all kinds of shows. There's, I mean, you don't really necessarily even have to have cable anymore with all of the the streaming services. Um, I guess it's good. I'm not sponsored by any cable companies. Having said having said that, <laughs> but uh, what what have you been watching or binge watching or you know what, whether it's movies or shows? Has there been anything that you've gotten into um, that you would I recommend watched. for people? I watch I watch all kinds of stuff. Uh, I uh, I've begun to love TV as an art form. Honestly, uh, you know, it used to be like you wouldn't want to brag about watching too much TV, but you know what? I I am I love. I remember saying a long time ago to, to my friend Ben, who you know, um, that uh, TV is the way that books are supposed to be transformed into the digital medium. Because they used to try to do it into a 90-minute or two-hour movie. Even if, the, even if the movie was really long, like two and a half hours. Like, it's still not enough to, like, transform a book into. But you can do that over, you know, eight, nine, ten, twelve hours of a, of a digital medium. Especially when Netflix came out. It just paved the way for that. So now you can have the story be told. Now, I don't like that every episode has to be, has to be on a cliffhanger. They still have... You still have cookie cuttered it too much. Like I don't know why they couldn't just make the 
the damn thing 12 hours long and you just pick up where you left off. You don't have to like end every yeah. episode. Like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? And you're like, I don't know. I'll find out in three seconds when it plays <laughs> up the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no reason for that. <laughs> but yeah. Like, I think that's the only reason to do this, because they, maybe they think we get money out of syndication from, like, a old medium later on. But um, I love documentaries. Uh, trying to think of the most recent thing that I, that I watched. I watched that documentary on uh, the one about New York, about the mafia. It was, like, three episodes long. It was pretty good, pretty well done. Um there was a new all. There was a new unsolved mysteries that came out on Netflix. There's a couple episodes on there that were really good. The first episode will blow your mind if, you, if nobody hasn't seen it. Uh, you like you won't even be able to comprehend it. it doesn't because it, it's unsolved mysteries. I can at least tell you that that, that it ends unsolved. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you you get to the end, you be like, wait, wait, what? Well, how did how did what? I don't get it. Yeah, that one was that was pretty good. Um, Do they still have the same music? That creepy they, intro music is it the same or no? Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, they do the they do their variation of it. You know what I mean? Do 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 do. Dude, I remember it. watching that and Rescue Nine One One as a kid. Like maybe sometimes I wonder if that's where some of my weirdness comes from because like other kids were watching like Disney movies and stuff, and we were watching like SNL and like Rescue Nine One One and Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> Rescue 911. Gosh, I'm trying to remember how that even went. Coming dun, up on dun, Res- dun, 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 It's oh, so sad that um, I remember this. Coming up on Rescue 911. Yeah. <laughs> You've been watching Unsolved Mysteries. And then it would just be like that do 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 do. And it's like, okay, I'm seven years old. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to bed now. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's just exactly. like so messed up to watch as a kid. I wish I could remember that guy's that guy from Unsolved Mysteries name, but he's dead now, by the way. And they never solved how he died. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I haven't watched the new one on Netflix yet. I have not. I have not. I, I tried to. Um, I did start to pick back up where I left off with uh, Altered Carbon. Um, Because I go through waves of like, I like watching sci-fi stuff. Obviously, The Last Dance I loved because Michael Jordan was one of my heroes growing up. I don't know if you got a chance to watch that, but that was pretty, pretty awesome. I watched, I watched that every week that it came on. Yes. That was, that was pretty awesome. Um, Was it Raymond Burr? No. What, what was his name? Unsolved Mysteries. I'm I'm Googling it right now um, while we're talking. Yeah. Raymond Burr. That was his name? Yep. Well, they did. They 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 resurrected it more than once. Or Robert was it Robert Stack? Now I'm seeing Robert yeah. Stack. I, Robert Stack. Robert Stack. I think Raymond Burr might have been the uh, the second iteration iteration of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes the true crime stuff hits a little too. It's it's a little like anytime I know something's real. Like I was just watching clips from. Um, um uh because kind of like me and you we we called it like our messed up our messed up book club when we like reference these horror movies to each other to watch <laughs> and like, yeah you yeah. told me about the <laughs> eyes of my mother and you're like dude i watched your messed up movie now you gotta you gotta watch my messed up movie <laughs> yeah. but i was watching clips earlier of um because my buddy Dave is into horror movies too, but he's more into like i guess you could say the gore stuff and slasher stuff not not so much the psychological stuff and I recommended a couple of them to him, and, uh, and he was like, yeah, dude, didn't like it. 
And and then I told him about Stir of Echoes. And Stir of Echoes freaked me out uh, when that came out. I watched that when I was 12. That freaked me out. And I was watching clips from that again. And I I actually think it's kind of underrated, you know, because it came out around the same time at The Sixth Sense and stuff. But Stir of Echoes was a really well-done movie. And it part of the reason it creeped me out is because, like, I'm an empath. And, like, how that girl died, it was just, like, so sad to me when I was 12 watching it. I was like, oh, my God, this is terrible. But um, really, really well-done, creepy movie. Look at one. I remember I was watching that at the time I was working at Sears, so it must have been like 2000 or 2001, maybe even. No, it had to be 2000. And my, uh, my, uh, and Anthony, my brother Anthony, uh, <clears throat> we were watching us watching it with him. And he, I think he's like your age. And I remember like him being creeped out about it. And I remember like halfway through, like, all right, man, gotta go to work. We'll finish this up later. <laughs> so I oh. just like dip out on him. <laughs> oh my God. Just leave. Just like, I gotta alone. go to Sears. It's gonna go to Sears now. I'll be back later. <laughs> but then I came back and he wanted to finish it. But uh, man, that was a creepy movie. I remember that Stir of Echoes. You know what movie that I that I talk about that you recommended to me a while like a while back now was The Descent. That was really good, man. Descent, the yeah, The Descent. I really enjoyed a lot. One of my favorite claustroph- horror movies. Just the way they did the claustrophobia and they didn't have all the jump scares. Like that was good. Did you watch the eyes, of, the eyes of my mother or whatever? Oh, yeah, I did. I finished it. Yeah, I'm a man of my word. That was pretty messed up, though, wasn't it? The Eyes of My Mother was indeed uh, very, very unsettling. That was one where I had to watch, like, stupid stuff after it just to, like, get rid of the burn. You know what I mean? I think that was when when me and you watched The Babadook, and then then we we stayed up to, like, 2 a.m. Even as grown men, we watched, like, we watched, like, basketball in a Tim and Eric movie or whatever. Yeah, the like, bad gotta was watch, messed up. <laughs> we gotta watch something bright and cheery. Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, just I just yeah, I remember like well, well, imagine when I watched the eyes of my mother or whatever. Like I didn't really know anything about it. Things were just happening to me. <laughs> like like I didn't know that it was that it was all messed up and it just started happening to me. <laughs> so because you, you watched um, Hereditary, right? I think I told you about that one before. Eyes of my mother. Yeah. yeah. Did you see Midsummer? The same guy who did Hereditary did Midsummer. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I forget the name of these movies. You see so many movies, especially with streaming being so prevalent. Sometimes I just forget. Yeah. Like, and it's hard for you to explain it right now. Cause you'd, you'd be like doing like, you know, the alerts to people about what it's about. But, um, you know what I watched that was, that was good. And it's, just, it's like the second, uh, second or third movie I've seen by him. What's that movie with Kurt Russell? Uh, Bone Tomahawk. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that a couple times on streaming. Um, I think I might have even started it one night, but it was like late and it was almost a two hour movie. And I was like, I got to go to bed. But uh, but no, that that was good. Well, well, yeah, that's good. And I think that was well, what I was going to get at was like, so there's this there's this new like, in my opinion, he's like the next like, I won't say the next, but he's like an up and coming like Tarantino style, like director slash writer type of guy. And his name is. Zalier or Zaller. I'm gonna have to hang on and look at something real quick. Oh, S. Craig Zaller. S. Craig Z A H L E R. So he did that, then he did the he did the brawl in Cell Block 99 with uh Vince Vaughn. And then he did one more after that that I just watched. Now I can't remember the name of. But that last one I watched was pretty good. Oh, Dragged Across Concrete. He did it. He did it, which was in a 
he did was was in uh 2018 well i had i didn't even know that it came out but that was good anyway there's I'll a lot of good stuff out there yeah i'll have to check it out i'll have to check it out i mean obviously bingeable shows stranger things uh uh i i loved i know it became like a, a pop culture phenomenon but uh i remember somebody describing it to me as like super eight meets the goonies and i was automatically hooked because the goonies is like one of my favorite movies of all time and so Stranger Things I followed pretty closely. I've also heard that kind of in a similar vein, and I think it, it's uh, it's all a uh, German show, um, so you got to like dub it, which I don't mind that. If it's a good show, I'll get into it. And I had started it a couple of years ago, but there's so much content out there, but it's uh, uh, dark on Netflix. I don't know if you've watched that at all. No, I think you and I talked about this uh, a long time ago, and Jen actually recommended it not that long ago about hearing it was good. And I go, yeah, I wouldn't mind watching it. I go, but... I know her. I go, we either have to dub it or subtitle it. And I actually prefer subtitles because I don't like, I just think dubbing doesn't get across the emotion necessarily the same way. But, <clears throat> but yeah, I would like to see that. Cause I hear, I have been hearing it. It's really good. And, and they came out with a new season. I hear that's good. They've done like three, three seasons now that are all supposed to all be good. So I'll probably, I'll probably check it out for sure. Probably, probably here pretty soon. <clears throat> um, I was watching, uh, oh, the Umbrella Academy season two starts tomorrow, comes out tomorrow, I think tomorrow, um, if you guys don't know what that is. When uh, when Netflix was losing all this Marvel stuff and Disney was taking it, they decided they had to do something for some 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 kind of comic book relief that they knew they were going to have a all you know a god shaped hole in the sh- in shape of. So they bought uh, this this uh, this these this bunch of comic book series from this from this other guy i can't even remember the name of it forgive me for that but one of the series was the umbrella academy which they had their first season come out last year <clears throat> and their the new season is at, is actually going to come out tomorrow and uh, that was really good i would i would recommend the umbrella academy and then uh somehow netflix still gets shameless which is on arizona showtime i don't know how they do that but they do uh i've been watching that and i'm only on like season five or six and they just came out with season 10. oh wow <laughs> That I've season, heard good things um, about Shameless too. Oh, it's so twisted. It's like the most. It's like it's just like dysfunction that you can't turn away from. It's it's pretty. It's funny, but it's like it's sometimes disturbing, but but mostly funny. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, the other one that uh that I watched a few years back, I think it's still on Netflix, was uh, Sense Eight. That was an interesting mm-hmm. one. Um, I don't think they I think it kind of flew under the radar, but I I enjoyed that. They did two. They did two seasons of that, and fans were. Fan, there was such a big fo- uh, a following of, of the fan base, the hardcore fan base, not necessarily in sheer numbers, but just hardcore appeal that they they, they decided that they weren't going to end it like that. So that they did a follow up movie that was also on Netflix. So they did two seasons and then a, a follow up movie. <clears throat> yeah, I got to go back. I got to go back and finish uh, the end of that. A lot of the stuff I pick up, and then then there's something else that comes on, and then you binge that, and then you revisit it. It's like I'm with you. There's so much good. There's so much good content out there right now. Um, but Umbrella Academy, I know Trina watched the first season, um, and I and I. It's funny you mentioned that because I just saw a preview for the second season. So I think that's something up my alley that I'll have to check out. I also want to check out the boys on uh, Amazon Prime. Oh yeah, do uh, you know Amazon Prime hit like they have some good shows or whatever, but they have. They have so little things that it like really like get real big or whatever. So they want to basically turn the boys. I was reading this article, so I can't take full credit for this thought. They want to turn the boys into like AMC's The Walking Dead because the boys was so popular 
that they basically want to have like an after show after each episode. They're going to start releasing it week to week. So there's an after show so people can talk about the characters. But The Boys was really good. It's 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 one that's hard to once you start, it's hard to stop. I mean, it's just like a superheroes over the top, but all the superhero characters are dark and they're run by this company. It's 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 pretty interesting and it's 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 good. It's it's good. Well, hey, Brandon, I, I love you, man. I, I told you I keep you an hour and we're coming up on an hour and a half. And I know you're you're an hour ahead of me where you are. So it was great to catch <laughs> oh, yeah. up with you especially in the quarantine and everything, man. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually going back to the office Monday after working from home for pretty much like five months. So oh, wow. I've left, I've left the apartment and I've seen, you know, my girlfriend and her family and stuff, but, uh, obviously with this virus, I've been limiting my interaction, but, uh, so yeah, man, I definitely, I definitely appreciate the time. I love you and, uh, definitely, definitely keep in touch podcast or not, man. It's always great catching up with you. I love it too, brother. Thanks for having me on, man. These are, these are fun talks. So I'll be on anytime you want. All righty, Dighty. There you have it. That was my conversation with my brother, Brandon. Brandon, I love you so much, man. It's always good talking to you. Thank you so much for taking time to do the show. I know we were texting and trying to figure out the right time and the right day. And, and so I really appreciate you carving out some time and, stopping by the do the pod man you're welcome anytime and it was great to catch up and thank you to all of you who have listened to the podcast and just listened to this episode and have been listening i really appreciate it remember you can check it out on spotify apple Podcasts, podbean the podcast addict app and the host site is march4th.podbean.com you can also follow the podcast on instagram at march4thpod so thank you to all of you who are checking out the show. And, and yeah, man, I thought these last couple of episodes, I guess in a way it's sort of, you know, my way of communicating to all of you to stay in touch with the people that you love and care about, man. You know, um, especially in these times where, you know, we, where life is abnormal to say the least. And in my case, with the two people that I've had on in these last couple of shows, they're people who live in a different place as me. So even if we did live in the same place, it would still be a situation where, we probably wouldn't be able to interact with each other, at least not the way that we, we were able to before coronavirus. So with modern technology, it's it's great to be able to FaceTime or Skype or House Party, all these all these apps where you can video communicate and, and, and stay in touch with each other. So whoever it is, man, whether it's your grams, whether it's your parents, whether it's your siblings, your friends, make sure you guys keep in touch with one another and, you know, talk to each other and, and stay stay connected because humans were meant to connect man you know I, i've actually been working from home for almost five months now so there's definitely some perks to that obviously it's nice to be able to wake up and just get rolling and it's nice to be able to be done with work and then not have to you know commute home with traffic and whatnot so there's definitely some perks to it but uh at the same time you know being able to interact with other people is important and we just have to remember to do it safely so Again, I, I hope everybody's wearing their masks and staying six feet apart and just being smart about where you go and who you're who you're around. And uh, if you are, you know, getting ready to go back to the office or your physical place of employment like I am in a couple of days, man, just continue to keep that same mindset and stay safe. But uh, but yeah, stay in touch with each other, man. You know, uh, obviously, I love my brother a lot. I'm, I'm so thankful that we've been able to to get closer in this this last decade and. Uh, 
you know, I miss him. I miss I miss all my friends and family, you know, who I haven't seen. And that's why I'm doing stuff like this to to stay connected and hopefully give you guys a little bit of entertainment in the interim. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. And uh, yeah, man, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend, a wonderful week. Whoever you are, wherever you are, thank you again. Keep the faith and be kind to one another.